In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and, beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too were called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to teach the Catholic faith, not just teaching the Catholic faith, but how to teach it to others in your lives, whether that's family, friends, non-Catholics, non-Christians, even atheists, um, how, to, how to show people that these truths revealed by God to live our lives actually do have an impact in the way that we live our lives. In today's episode, Bishop Strickland and I, this is Stacy Tresankos, are joined by Father Donald Calloway, um, and he's joining us via the internet, and uh, this is our first time to try something like this, and we're just delighted that he could be here with us. Father Calloway is, like me, a convert to Catholicism. He's a member of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Before his conversion, and this is, this is the funny part, he was a high school dropout who had been kicked out of a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> um, institutionalized twice and thrown in jail multiple times. After his radical conversion, he earned a BA in philosophy and theology from the Franciscan University of Steubenville, an MDiv and STB degrees from the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C., and an STL in Mariology from the International Marian Research Institute in Dayton, Ohio. That's quite a story right there in that introduction. I love it. I want to go through the books that you've written because I, I really do want our audience to know um, all of these resources that you've provided in your work over the years, Father Calloway. So I'm going to go through them. Many academic articles and editor of two books, The Immaculate Conception and the Life of the Church, The Virgin Mary and Theology of the Body, He's also author of at least seven books I'm going to read here. I think there's twice that many now. Um, Purest of All Lilies, The Virgin Mary and the Spirituality of St. Faustina, No Turning Back, A Witness to Mercy, Under the Mantle, Marian Thoughts from a 21st Century Priest, Marian Gems, Daily Wisdom on Our Lady, Mary of Nazareth, The, Lady, the Life of Our Lady in Pictures, Rosary Gems, Daily Wisdom on the Holy Rosary, and Champions of the Rosary, the History and Heroes of a Spiritual Weapon. So many great resources on Mary. Um, and we're here today to talk about the newest book, um, A Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. Bishop Strickland uh, led 
everybody who follows him on Twitter, the world, um, <laughs> led everyone through one of the scheduled consecrations leading up to March 19th, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. And every day he was tweeting um, about the readings for that day, which followed the, the litany of St. Joseph that's in the book that, that sort of parallels the litany um, for, for Mary. Um, and it was it was so it was so wonderful to be able to follow those tweets while you're reading the book and know that so many people were doing it together with you following the consecration, um, and it just makes it that much more special that you're here to join us today uh, to talk about your book, Father. Um, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, I have to say it's a real blessing to be with uh, Bishop Strickland, who's to me is just Incredible. I love everything that he says and does. Uh, incredible. And to be with you, Dr. Stacy, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Well, I was talking to Bishop Strickland earlier, and uh, I let him know I'm going to ask you what your favorite uh, title for St. Joseph is. I think I already knew the answer, but um, I wanted to discuss that a little bit. What, what was your favorite I want to hear Father Callaway's first. Okay. <laughs> well, um, you probably can guess it. Mine is Terror of Demons. <laughs> That's mine too. <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a powerful and unique title. You know, you oftentimes you see St. Joseph depicted in art, and he looks sometimes soft or, or really old, and you think, well, that's not very frightening. But the reality is he is the Terror of Demons, and uh, the devil uh, is very much horrified at the intercessory power that St. Joseph has. Yeah, and Father Calloway, I really like the idea of the terror of demons because, like you're saying, we don't think of of St. Joseph as terrifying. Um, but what are demons? They are evil. They are evil minions. They are harmful and dark and full of evil. And yep. so St. Joseph, who said, as a man, said yes to the will of God, I think— he reminds us that we should all be the terror of demons, and that's one reason I like that title. One yeah. thing that your book inspired for me as I reflected over those 33 days um, was an awareness that St. Joseph was not immaculately conceived. He was a sinner, right. like we all are. Um, and I kind of really felt like a, a, a buddy of St. Joseph because I'm very much a sinner. I battle sin and temptation in my life constantly, hopefully like all of us do if we're honest with ourselves. St. Yep. Joseph was a sinner, but a very good man, a man of chastity, a man of strength. And I think that that image of him as terror of demons, like I said, really reminds us that from our baptism, we have been exercised by the sacrament of baptism. Evil has been washed away. We say yes to evil when we sin, but I think that St. Joseph reminds us that we can all be the terror of demons and that we're, we're really all called to be. That's right. No, you're absolutely right, Bishop. And, uh, you know, it was amazing. Um, when I started doing the consecration, um, somebody contacted me and said, Father Calloway, are you aware that Bishop Strickland is tweeting out stuff every day? I said, what? And I, I, I don't even have Twitter, but I had to look at my friend. So I said, oh, my goodness, he is. So I, I, I was following you every day as well. 
Yeah, and I managed not to miss a day. Sometimes it, it got a little challenging, but yeah. I managed to remember every day. Yeah. God bless you, man. I tell you, I was so honored that you did that, Bishop. I, I, I really was. It, it really was humbling to me. Thank you. Well, thank you for the book, because as I, we have talked a little bit, and I've talked to so many others, this really is a time of St. Joseph to mm -hmm. to really embrace and recognize what a wonderful companion he was to Mary as the earthly father of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he's just such a great model of manly, godly life in today's world because he doesn't take center stage ever. He's always the supporting cast, but a great strength there for the Holy Family and for the families that are called to holiness today. So I was very pleased to be able to highlight your book because it meant a lot to me as I journeyed through those days. And I'm sure it meant a lot to a whole lot of people that were participating. Yeah. yeah. Bishop Strickland, just, I want y'all to know he did. He doesn't just um, minister to the whole world by tweeting out there for everybody to read and be inspired and encouraged to follow things like that. He gave me a copy. This is my personal copy that he gave me. Um, and he didn't just give me one copy. He came and gave me a second copy for my husband, whose name is Jose. So my Joseph. And um, so my husband and I were able to read it together along with Bishop. So, I mean, he, he pays attention to the people in front of him as much as he pays attention to everybody else out there. And I even bought a copy on Kindle, too, so I could keep reading at night when the lights go out. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, my, my Kindle copy is the one I use the most. I have several hard copies, and I keep giving them away. I keep one in my car so that I keep, you know, that way I could just give it to somebody if they, they want it. And, and I think it's something I know a lot of people participated in the, the original consecration, at least the, when I first heard about it, leading up to March 19th. And then yep. I know people have been in the, another round of consecration leading up to this Friday, May 1st. And yep. we really just need to keep that going. No yep. one needs to feel like they've been left out and they have to wait, but find a, a good time frame to use those 33 days. And yep. the main thing is that spiritual connection to a great man who is still part of the, the life of the church in, in wonderful ways. Yeah, thank thank you for saying that, Bishop. Because uh, I'm going to try my best. I'm not the most technological, but um, you know, with this whole situation in the world where most people are at home, I'm going to try and do a live stream um, of the 33 days starting on May 20th, because it'll end on Father's Day, June 21st. Wonderful. So I thought Wonderful. That would be very nice, you know, uh, a way to to bring that in. Because you know, I found something out in Italy, and it might be true in other countries. Uh, Father's Day in other countries is always celebrated on March 19th, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. Really? I, huh. Yeah, I found that fascinating. We don't have that here, but uh, nonetheless, I'm going to start it on May 20th on my Facebook page and uh, end it on June 21st, Father's Day. I think that'll be nice. Well, with your permission, I'll tweet and encourage people to join in. If they miss the first round or the second round, here's a third round beginning May 20th. Oh, you keep you keep humbling me, Bishop. I'm so honored. You you got to be the co-author of this book. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, that's it. My favorite one was um, 
that I had marked was the one where you call him or where he's called Joseph most prudent mm. because prudence is one of those. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's the virtue that every, all the other virtues flow from. Mm. I love this virtue and I've, I've spoken about it a lot to teenagers, especially to try to get them to understand that prudence isn't what you think of when you usually hear that word and someone calls a woman a prude or something like that. It's, it's got, like you say in the book, it's taken on a different meaning today than people realize was the traditional meaning. But studying that, um, in, from St. Thomas Aquinas and even from Joseph Pieper's, um, four cardinal virtues, Mm. just as a convert for me, it, it was like, now I have tools to figure out what the right thing is to do. Uh, because yeah. it teaches you to pray and discern and, and act, judge and act, not just sit there and think all the time and not act rashly, but to balance those things. And you covered right. that in the book. And I had never thought about St. Joseph as the most prudent. Um, mm-hmm. And you pointed out that he is not just a natural prudence where we're just trying to have right reason in our natural life, but he had the supernatural prudence. That's right. Supernatural prudence means you're not afraid of suffering and you're mm-hmm. not afraid. You will pray and discern so that you can discern what God wants you to do in the bigger picture above it all, just like we've all been doing with this coronavirus mm-hmm. and ask God, what's the purpose in all of this? And I just love that part. Nice. That's great. I, I love that you picked up on that because, uh, yeah, I think it's St. Thomas Aquinas. He calls prudence the the, the charioteer of the, all the virtues. Uh, and I think that it's it's so vital. And we, we need it today because you're right. A lot of people want to avoid suffering at all costs. And none of us likes to suffer, of course. But when you have that supernatural prudence like St. Joseph, you're willing to undergo, um, you know, great difficulty for the greater good. Um, he was willing to to protect his wife and and Jesus um, by taking them to Egypt uh, away from Herod, who wanted to, to kill the Christ child. And that was not easy. But that supernatural prudence told him uh, that he, God would be there. Divine providence would take care of him. And uh, there would be suffering involved, but it would be for a great good. So, that, yeah, we, we need that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love that you're using the word supernatural because our Catholic faith is a belief in supernatural things. And I think we live in a world, and Dr. Stacy is well aware, as a doctor of chemistry, a scientist, um, we tend to discount anything supernatural. Oh, that's myth, or that's just fantasy. But we believe in, in supernatural intervention of God into the world. And St. Joseph was one of the first to deal with that supernatural intervention that is Jesus Christ, conceived in the womb of a young maiden that um, St. Joseph was already betrothed to, as we all know the story. And he was prudent enough supernaturally to know he's going to stay with this young woman because it was revealed to him that it was all goodness. It wasn't some sort of corruption that he was encountering, but it was all goodness. And that's a revelation Um, and a reminder to us that supernatural truth is something we should glory in and celebrate and absolutely shout with joy from the rooftops and not let it be discounted by those in the world who think if it's not something that is tangible that we can see and measure, then it's not true. 
Actually, mm-hmm. the greatest truths are very often the non-tangible, invisible things like prudence. Yep. Yep. Well said, Bishop. Yep. That's why I loved, I think it was last year, uh, when I uh, became aware that you declared a year of the Eucharist for your diocese. And uh, I thought that was brilliant because, you know, that that study or survey or whatever it was that came out that was just so heartbreaking that uh, I think it was like 70% of Catholics or something like this did not believe in the real presence. Yeah. And I, I thought, what a tragedy, um, because this is the greatest gift. And, uh, you know, St. Joseph never was in the presence of our Eucharistic Lord. But at the same time, St. Joseph knew who Jesus was, that this was the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the God-man. Um, and we need to have a faith like St. Joseph's, especially in this time when so many people don't have that supernatural faith. They don't believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. And I thought that was brilliant that you declared a year of the Eucharist, Bishop. Well, thank you. It was, uh, I think it was inspired. The brilliance was the Holy Spirit. But uh, <laughs> really, one thing that I want to highlight is it's, it's great to speak with two converts to the Catholic <laughs> faith. Because so many converts are some of the strongest Catholics today, and they are almost to a person, they will speak to you. And I would imagine without even asking you, either of you before, the Eucharist was a pivotal aspect of your conversion because he's really there. And the Lord speaking to us in his Eucharistic presence, um, it really is a tragedy that too many Catholics are not really tuned in to that wonderful Eucharistic presence that is the Lord of the universe present in that simple bread that's been consecrated. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. What year did you convert, Father? Uh, my conversion was in 1993. Okay. Uh, so I was going on 21 years old and uh, having lived all that craziness that you read in the bio there. Um, I fell in love with Jesus Christ, and I, I went to my first Mass, and I knew that Jesus was really there. I, I knew what the priest was doing, and I thank God for that uh, revelation of that truth because, I mean, that is everything. The Eucharist is everything, and um, after that, I, I knew I couldn't turn back. To turn back, I would, I would have to be a crazy man. I knew that Jesus was really there. That's beautiful. Father, as a former vocation director, I have to ask this question. You converted in 93. When did you feel yeah. a call to priesthood? 93. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're all in. I, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do with my life after I <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, I asked him, I said, do you want me to get married? Do you want me to raise a Catholic family? You, you've given me my life back. I'll do whatever you want. And, you know, I was going to daily mass. I, I wasn't receiving communion, of course, but I just, when I watched the priest celebrate Mass, when I saw him go to the back uh, and hear confessions, I just, I, I would long to do that. And so I discerned that. And it, it took me a little while, of course, before I could enter my religious community. But yeah, the call was, was very, very quick. Very good. It's like the yes that sprang forth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's neat. And here's something you'll, you'll find fascinating. Guess what day? Now, at the time... I didn't know this because I didn't know anything about a liturgical calendar or anything. <laughs> but guess what day it was that I went into a Catholic church for the first time? 
March 19th. Uh, <laughs> that was my guess, but uh, I thought it couldn't be, be March yeah. 19th. But yeah, which uh. I mean, I, it's amazing. At the time, I was I was clueless, but um, as I went back through my story and I looked at it, and uh, yeah, it was the Solemnity of Saint Joseph. Incredible. Did they mention anything about Saint Joseph that first encounter you had, or you know they? They probably did because I was there for the whole mass, and I, I whatever the priest was saying during his homily, I, I I heard. But you know, I probably wasn't listening attentively at that time because I was just so in awe that I was in a church, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that his homily must have been, you know. And Father, what prompted you to go to a Catholic church on March 19th? Well, the the night before, see, my parents had converted to Catholicism a few years before I did, and so they had. Our house was a church, you know, the, my mom had all these <laughs> and statues and books. And well, I resisted it. I, I had no idea what they were into. And but one night I, I picked up a book and I, I read it that my mom had on the bookshelf. And it was talking about the Catholic Church and you need to go to a priest to confess your sins. And all oh, this was like, I had never heard this kind of stuff. And so the next morning I went to a Catholic Church. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Really? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, those things like that, when you look back, I, I was um, telling my teenage daughter the other night, who was impatient, I was saying, when you've lived enough years, you can look back over your life and you can see the hand of God, how he was leading you somewhere when you didn't realize it in the, in the time. And I do think you have to live long enough to see that. But what you just said, that's like looking back and, yeah. and God already knew you were going to write this book someday. And it's like an affirmation. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. And of course, with the name Joseph, I've always loved St. Joseph and, and the two feast days. I've always, I remember even as a kid thinking, it's pretty neat to have two feast days for your name, St. Joseph, yeah. the husband of Mary and St. Joseph, the worker. Um, but your book really, uh, I know for a lot of people, and for me personally, it really deepened and, and it sort of um, fleshed out the the reality of St. Joseph. Because like we've talked about, probably most of us are, are, are most familiar with a statue or a holy card that didn't look that appealing, really. Um, right. But, you know, the, it's so multidimensional, the man that you present in this consecration to St. Joseph. Yeah, and um, the feedback that I've heard is pretty tremendous. You know, the, the book has only been out for uh, not even four months. We've already sold over 100,000 copies. Um, it's being translated into four languages as we speak. And, um, yeah, people are telling me it's actually healing some marriages. I've had one young man tell me that um, it's helping him to discern his vocation. He wants to be like St. Joseph in serving uh, Jesus and Mary and souls. So I'm I'm honored that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit inspired this to bring it about. And the timing is perfect because this year, 2020, is the 150th anniversary of when St. Joseph was proclaimed the patron of the of the church. Um, that happened in 1870. So 150 years, 2020, we're in this big year. So it's really significant what's happening right now for St. Joseph. Yeah, I agree. And uh a little spoiler, uh, the Diocese of Tyler can expect to, to hear more about St. Joseph in the in, sometime around December. I'll, I'll leave it at that, but uh, <laughs> marking that 150 years. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. 
One thing that I would highlight is, I'm sure, Father, that you've studied and you're aware just in your ministry as a priest, um, but I've read a lot and talked to a lot of people about the need for a, a manly spirituality and to mm-hmm. be godly men. Um, yep. it, it's Statistically, it's really amazing. Women are absolutely wonderful blessing. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the model of, of the sinless woman, the mother of God. Um, but it's interesting just even uh, sociologically that if the man of the house is leading people, leading the household to faith, it just has a tremendous impact that all the holiness of the woman, the mother, or the woman of the house, the, the woman just doesn't have the same impact as a godly man. And I think St. Joseph needs to be a model for all men and all, all single men, all married men, and all fathers, because so yep. much of that is part of, is woven into the, the brokenness that we see in the family and in society, where too often there is no man of the house, or, right. or the man of the house has left, or the man of the house is not living up to his responsibility. And yep. I think St. Joseph is that terror of the demons that attack so many families to remind the men God loves us as men. He's created us as men, and he mm-hmm. wants us to be strong. And yep. manliness is not some sort of the image of violence or Anything like that is not the kind of manliness that St. Joseph shows us, but it's a strength and a prudence and a godliness that all of us are called to. Yeah. Oh, you said that so well. And that's been my experience, too. And some of the feedback that I've been getting is, you know, a lot of men today, they're confused because the world wants to kind of emasculate them and tell them, hey, tone it down. And and, and if if a guy starts to act in a traditional masculine way, the culture says that's toxic. You know, we don't want that. And so a lot mm-hmm. of men are confused. And so they need that model to follow of servant leadership, of, of a guy who's not afraid of leading, but he's leading in a sacrificial, loving way. And I think we see that perfected in St. Joseph. And, I, you know, I've met men who have said, well, I leave the prayers up to my wife. You know, she, she's better at that. And I say, no, wait a minute now. What about the Holy Family, right? Take a look at that. Because there you have Jesus, who's God. You have Mary, who's the Immaculate Conception. Then you got Joseph. Of all those three members, Joseph is the, the least holy, so to speak. They're all holy. but And yet, Jesus and Mary respected his leadership, respected that he was the head of the household because it was a servant leadership. And so that's tremendous to think about. You don't, you don't have to be in competition with your wife. Let her, you know, fulfill her role. And you as a man... You be the one, like Joseph was, because it was the role of a Jewish man at that time to lead the family in prayer, to 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 be the one to tell them about God. So I think that uh, we've forgotten that today, and we need more men to step up and be the one to take the family to church. Don't just leave it up to your wife, and be the one to say grace before meals. Don't just leave that to your wife, because as you said, Bishop, the 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 effect, the long-lasting effects of that servant leadership and a husband and a father has staying power. It really sticks with the kids, especially when they leave home. Absolutely. And I think that applies to the spiritual fathers, the priests as well. I'm sure you would agree that our parish families need 
godly men as their priest, as their spiritual father. Really um, not afraid to to tell them this is right and this is wrong. Don't do this, do this. I think some of that, and and honestly, I was ordained uh, in 1985, ordained a priest eight years before you converted. So I've been around a a longer time, but um, really the formation I got in priest for priesthood in those years was not as strong as it needed to be. Um, I think certainly I've grown and, and I've seen a lot of the, the priests. Priests are good men and they're dedicated to, to service, but we have to be willing to, to tell the children, to tell our flocks, this is wrong and this is right. Yep. And that's what a father does. Um, my own father uh, I, as I look back, I think it's true for most of us kids, men or women, we appreciate our parents more after they're gone, after we're grown and we're facing some of the same challenges. But my father had a lot of those qualities of St. Joseph being willing to take the, the back seat, to not always get the first thing, not to be seen as important, but making the sacrificial leadership a way of life. And and I'm sure no no father's perfect, um, but good fathers, by the grace of God, can really have a huge impact on their children simply by being godly men. Yep, I I agree with you 100%, Bishop. And I I hear from uh, you know God's people that that's what they want, that's what they expect. Uh, uh, they want a, a shepherd, uh, a priest who is uh, willing to fight for them and willing to. When the time is needed to call out the wolves and to put out the fires and to uh, tell them, look, this is dangerous. I want to warn you. Um, and of course, they have to do it with great love, great charity and, and kindness and, and all of that. But nonetheless, they have they have to do it. And that's what the people want. And uh, I, I pray that we get uh, many more uh, holy uh, men in the ranks of the priesthood and among the bishops uh, in our day. I really do. Well, as we are starting to wrap up here in this podcast, we always do towards the end um, an into the chariot moment. Um, It's neat that you said St. Thomas Aquinas called prudence the charioteer of the virtues. Um, Just to sort of wrap up the point of this, this episode, this podcast, it's to get this book and read it, Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father, and I just want to read a, a few of the the titles from the litany. Mm. Um, Saint Joseph, noble offspring of David, light of patriarchs, spouse of the mother of God, chaste guardian of the virgin, foster father of the son of God, zealous defender of Christ, head of the holy family. And then even down here uh, towards the end of the litany, mirror of patience, lover of poverty, model of workmen, glory of domestic life, guardian of virtues, pillar of families, comfort of the afflicted, hope of the sick, patron of the dying, terror of demons, protector of the Holy Church. It's just so beautiful. Um, and we encourage everyone to, to use this book and this information that you've provided us to develop a relationship with St. Joseph, just like we have to do with our Blessed Mother Mary. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's the thing I really took away from your book is I felt like I had a relationship with St. Joseph, um, where before he had just been that guy, that other, you know, guy in the picture with Mary, (laughs) um, 
it, it was it was very helpful and I encourage everybody listening or watching to get a copy of this book and um, let it work the wonders in your life. Um, Wonderful. Before we go, also we want to remind you that the St. Philip Institute is uh, currently asking people to stand with Bishop Strickland and the St. Philip Institute um, during this effort to find a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. Uh, you can find that on our website under uh, stand or uh, right the wrong. It's called right the wrong. Um, we're asking for pharmaceutical companies and uh, everyone to do the right thing. Uh, where years we've had vaccines that are developed using uh, cell lines derived from aborted children to do the right thing and refuse that for this vaccine and to also refuse the request of 15 attorneys general to allow um, aborted children, newly aborted children to be used in the uh, testing of these vaccines. You can find that on our website, Right the Wrong, um, and we're asking you to take a stand with us. You can find all of our other information at stphilipinstitute.org. That's St. S-T, Philip, P-H-I-L-1-L-I-P, institute.org. Um, and we hope to see you, hope to get you on our mailing list and uh, start walking this journey of faith together. Um, yes, and I see someone poking a head around over there. We would also like to show you something. Nobody's seen this before except right here in the studio today. Our art fellow, Robert Pushouts, thank you, Robert, has just completed, I'm going to put it up here so we can see it, just completed a new painting. Can you get a good view of that? A new painting of St. Joseph and little Jesus. And we are going to have more information about this on our website as well. Uh, but we just wanted to show everyone, those of you just listening in, you'll have to come find the YouTube or be on the lookout for it on our website. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful painting. Thank you, Robert. And just to uh, thank Father Calloway once again for the Consecration to St. Joseph book. It's a wonderful book that I would encourage everyone who hasn't already gone through the Consecration it's not too late. It's never too late. Um, I'll put in a plug for Father Calloway. He's going to begin a live-streamed version of the consecration beginning May 20th that will end on Father's Day. What a great way to pray for your own father and to for all the fathers out there or the mothers praying for the fathers to really enter into this consecration to St. Joseph as we approach Father's Day. Thank you, Your Excellency. It's been an honor to be with you and Dr. Stacy. And uh, yeah, let's pray for uh, St. Joseph to continue to help us in these difficult times so that ultimately we can grow closer to Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Would you close us with a blessing? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all who are viewing this podcast that we may recognize that, like all the saints in the communion of saints, St. Joseph, one of the princes of the saints, because God chose him to be the 
earthly father of his own son, Jesus Christ. We pray that St. Joseph and all the saints will intercede for us during these difficult days to help us be strong, godly men and godly women, guided by the light that is Jesus Christ. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.